Welcome back to the podcast. I am V and this is The Sussex Set. I want to get right into the charity spotlight. I just want to do a smart works refresher because we have rightfully so been hearing about them a lot lately. So let me remind you about who they are and what they do. SmartWorks is a UK charity that provides high quality interview clothing and interview training for unemployed women in need. They harness the power of clothes and confidence and that allows a woman to be her best at a crucial moment in her life. Now, an interview is where a woman needs to feel confident. It's where you need to be your most confident. And clothes are often at the front lines of confidence. When we step out into the world, we want to feel good. And the best way, the quickest way to start feeling good is to know that you look good and not have any concerns about that, least of all stepping into a job interview. And SmartWorks is a charity that zeroed in on that almost exclusively. So SmartWorks also gives these women coaching sessions and mock interviews to prepare them for their interviews that they have lined up. And it's not just the clothes they give. SmartWorks gives two-hour dressing sessions and coaching services for unemployed women with confirmed job interviews. And each client has a personalized styling sessions with two SmartWorks volunteer stylists. And that woman receives a complete outfit of high quality clothes and accessories for the specific job interview, which are free. And these are hers to keep. That's amazing. And once they get the job, they can go back to SmartWorks for a second dressing to receive five additional pieces of clothing, which is essentially a capsule to see them through their first paycheck on the new job that they just got. And so I'm not sure if the girls realize how important this is for women, especially women in the position of having to get back out into the workforce who may not even have job appropriate clothes. So again, free of charge, the service itself is free. All they have to do is just walk in and say, Hey, I have a job interview. Can you guys help me a little bit? And the thing that I love about it is, so many women probably, maybe now they know, but initially I would imagine women went there, just knew that this is a charity that's helping with interview clothing, professional attire, and they get also a coaching session, which is kind of like a bonus, but that's amazing. So everything is free of charge. And just think about it, like in an interview, you want to look your best and it is your one chance to make a great impression. And so SmartWorks has helped countless women get the jobs that they've sought and they are bound to help many more. This is a great initiative for Megan, I think, because it ticks many of her boxes. Women empowering women, women having access to the workplace, women feeling confident in what they're wearing, and also the philanthropy element she adds to it. SmartWorks is powerful and Megan is bringing a new kind of philanthropy to the royal family. And with the upcoming capsule collection, these are results that we can see and they're results that we can feel. So I think SmartWorks is a perfect fit for Megan because it seems to just fit her personality and that makes the work pretty much effortless. SmartWorks is partnering with quite a few corporations on this and they are no stranger to partnering with businesses, corporations, lines, brands that support the charity as a whole and not to mention the Duchess of Sussex. So this capsule collection 
will be a success. I'm calling it now. I call a lot of things in advance and have no clue what the outcome is going to be, but I'm going to call this one. And um, if you would like to know how you can help SmartWorks, yes, you, you can donate, but you can also whip up your credit card when this capsule collection drops. Because by the time you're listening to this, it's it's already dropped. It's already out, girl. See what you can find. Let's see if hope that it ain't sold out yet. You can, if you're into the clothes and the fashion and stuff, you can, or you can buy a gift for somebody. Take out your iPad, your your MacBook, your cell phone, and um, yeah, girl, see how you can purchase some items from this collection if you can, if you want to. Because remember, for each item that is purchased, one will be donated to the SmartWorks charity. And that's how I'm attempting to contribute this week. So congrats in advance to the Duchess of Sussex. Congrats to SmartWorks, John Lewis and Partners, Jigsaw, M&S, and Mishinano for this initiative. It's, at the end of the day, it's going to benefit a whole lot of women who could use the help. And the world is watching. We are waiting to contribute and do our part. So congrats. So also going on, Harry and the Invictus Games celebrated five years of existence. Congratulations to Harry and the Invictus Foundation as they celebrated these five years of making a difference in so many people's lives. The game started in 2014 with the first games being in London and the upcoming games in 2020 That'll be six years by then or going on six years. That'll be in The Hague in the Netherlands. Harry really put his blood, sweat, and tears into the Invictus Games and the Invictus Foundation. And just a little bit of background. I mentioned it before, but there's always a lot of new listeners. So I'm just going to just briefly go over it. The Invictus Games started when Harry was inspired by the Warrior Games in the U.S. in the year 2013. And he created the Invictus Games, which is basically a Paralympic style games for veterans and service members of the armed forces. Now, the Warrior Games, which was created in the year 2010 by the U.S. Department of Defense. Again, is what is the precursor to the Invictus Games. Harry says he was inspired to create his own international event after traveling to Colorado to watch the British team compete at the Warrior Games in 2013. But in his speech celebrating the five-year mark of the Invictus Games, Harry said, I think in the last five years, these guys have completely changed how we view disability, how we view mental health. This is all them. We merely created a platform in order for them to shine. And it's genuinely been one of the greatest honors of my life to get to know all you guys and to see you through this process. We've had some laughs. We've had some tears. I can't ever thank you enough for the impact that you have had across the world to be able to create better understanding for those people who put the uniform on. It's important to remember Harry's own time in the armed forces. He's personally served with men and women who have been injured or suffer from mental health challenges as a result of their time on the battlefield. Harry was on the battlefield. He wasn't just in an office somewhere because he's a queen's grandchild. And that's why I've always respected Harry from a, I guess, from a standpoint of looking at military service men and women. I respect any and every one of them for the job that they do. It doesn't matter whether they're on the battlefield or not. But Harry has every opportunity to avoid that, and that's exactly what he sought out. 
he didn't have to, <laughs> but he wanted to get to know the men and women who do serve and, and who many of them completely give their lives. They don't come back, you know? So he's very connected with these veterans and for him to be able to see firsthand some of the trauma that they've experienced, some of the challenges that they face when they return home. So many of them have talked about how after they got out of the service, even after Harry got out of the service, he's maintained those relationships with them and they don't see him as quote unquote Prince Harry. They see him as just one of them, brothers and sisters. It's a brotherhood, sisterhood of men and women who have been in this very unique experience that only they can understand. So Harry has essentially poured his heart and soul into the Invictus Games and it shows. And it's why the Invictus Games isn't just a project that Harry started to say that he did something. You know, he took an idea that worked and he created an event that has meaning beyond the event itself. And it continues to grow. So congrats, Harry. Congrats to the Invictus Games. And here's to many more years to come. And also congrats, Harry. I saw you uh, making billion dollar trades at the BGC Charity Day. That's pretty cool. Uh, big things popping, little things stopping. That's amazing. It's really cool to learn that that was one of the biggest trades in the last five years. It's really cool that people of note can come in on September 11th and they can basically trade for charity. But in short, the Charity Day benefits the Cantor Fitzgerald Fund because on September 11th, and they do it every September 11th, on September 11th, the day of the attack, uh, 680 Cantor Fitzgerald workers died, uh, which is the majority of the people who were at the Cantor Fitzgerald office, which was at the top of the first tower that was hit. So, uh, and also I believe like 61 Euro traders. So, Initially, the Cantor Fitzgerald Relief Fund benefited the families of those who were impacted by September 11th, but 20 years removed, they also used some of the funds to help people who are impacted by natural disasters or uh, even military families. So as an American, it was really cool to see Harry participating in that. I believe Megan did that one year in New York. So big up to Harry, uh, a billion pounds is a lot of money. If I said a billion dollars earlier, girl, you got to forgive me because I'm not used to saying pounds. So pound sterling, one billion of them, congrats. So something else we have going on this week, it's what all the girls are waiting for. Miss Megan returns from maternity leave this week, officially, with her capsule collection, SmartWorks engagement, that collection is dropping, honey. It's dropping this week. And we know she's been working so hard on it. Uh, we got to know that it existed when we dove into the British Vogue. And so I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But since the last podcast, Megan went to New York City to support Serena at the U.S. Open. America, y'all made me proud. Because we love our Duchess, don't we? We do. We do. And that was good to see. Um, it was a stadium. 
full of people. And it was, let me tell you something, man. When I would go to the U.S. Open, and I've only ever been to one final, but you know Serena was playing in it, and it was the one last year with Naomi and all the booing, and I went home with a headache. But that's neither here nor there. That is a huge stadium. And for a final, it is jam-packed. And if it's a final with Serena in it, it was packed. And not only that, but it was a final with Serena in it and everybody's waiting on her to get the 24th because last year she was still trying to get the 24th one. So it was packed because everybody wants to see history. It was awesome to see a packed stadium of people cheering for Megan and just happy to see her face on the big screen. Like I, I loved, loved seeing that. Like I almost got chills. But, you know, it shows that people are proud of her here. But even at that baseball game in London, people were cheering super loudly for them. So don't let the nonsense fool you. Don't let people try to convince you. Or it's not people, it's the British media. Try to convince you that people don't like them or people can't stand her. People love this woman. And for an entirely different reason than they love Harry. But I hope she got the message. After all, this was her first public appearance as a duchess in her home country. And so I'm proud of the U.S. Open crowd for showing her love. And it was also great to see the people around her. Like, that's what it looks like to be supported. That's what it looks like to have people who are around you who mean you nothing but goodwill. So royal family, take a few pointers here. Take note, we don't need to see people looking sis up and down and rolling rolling their eyes at her wedding. Take note, because she's your family now. She was only here for a couple of hours. But we Americans, you know, we're, we're expressive. But what I'm speaking of specifically is like Serena's box and Serena's camp. But I think it was a couple of people that weren't necessarily in her camp that reached out to Megan and Megan talked to them, gave them a time of day, you know, kiss kiss on the cheek and things of that nature. But it was just really good to see. And I'm sure the energy that she felt was also very positive. And I'm just, again, I'm just saying all of you guys over there on that island across the sea, I need y'all to pay attention because that's how it's done, especially for somebody who's livening up y'all damn economy with all the stuff y'all going through. (laughs) And we know what y'all going through, okay? Because y'all got a little baby Trump over there. Y'all need all the goodwill y'all can get. But yeah, that's what it looks like. That's what support looks like. And I was was really glad to see Serena's people, like, making a literal circle of support around her. Maybe her security said, hey, well, you need to sit right in the middle. We don't want you in aisle seats, ma'am. But, you know, I don't really know what goes into that. But, like, she was right in the center. Me having watched Serena play Grand Slams for so many years, I could name everybody in that box. She was right in the middle. So I really liked seeing that. And I think that message in and of itself speaks quite loudly. So I was proud to see that. But most importantly, Megan looked comfortable. She looked comfortable in the stadium, in the box. She looked comfortable, you know, at home in New York. I hear sis went out and did yoga in a class of 60 people. Yes, that's how you do that. Go live your life. Live your life. I wouldn't be mad 
if the Sussexes move to America, but I know I'm getting ahead of myself. But anyway, Megan's clothes sold out. Speaking of clothes coming up, but uh, yeah, that, that casual chic ensemble she wore, that denim dress, the collar, the uh, shirt dress, I think that's what the girls are calling it. Um, and that cardigan cape thing that she, you know, Megan likes to drape a lot of things around her shoulders. That sold out. The sunglasses sold out, girl. The earrings sold out. I don't know about the necklace, but I know people were searching to see uh, where that came from. But girl, it sold out. And get this. The same denim dress that she wore is now going double for the price on eBay, at least according to my research. So she wore a simple pendant necklace with an H and an M on it dangling. I like the, you know, the sort of thin necklace with the small pendant. That's, you know, I guess that might be on trend anyway, but she has a lot of those, but the company that made that is called Mini Mini. And when asked about Megan wearing their jewelry, they said, we are beyond thrilled. I know you are. That uh, Megan wore one of their pieces. So all eyes are on Megan. We know this. And all she has to do, frankly, is be seen. And boom, economics. Economics are taking place, period. And, you know, there are brands that are aching to be chosen by Megan. They're just, you know, they're just watching Instagram with their fingers crossed, especially now that, you know, winning season is about to start and she's just going to be out here every other day. Man, it's people probably going to go to bed at night praying that Megan picks one of their items, whatever it may be, because she is Megan the Duchess. Things just poof, disappear. They're gone. They're gone. And maybe you'll find them a couple weeks later. But see, people be wanting their stuff now, especially after you see Megan in it, you know. So J. Crew, I guess you kind of lucked up because apparently that's one of Megan's favorite brands. But it's affordable. You know, your every woman can, for the most part, buy their clothes. But uh, all these other little brands here and there and all of a sudden they go on Instagram and find out that Megan has worn their stuff. I mean, Congrats and congrats in advance because I'm pretty sure it's a lot of people that she's going to highlight that we don't know yet. But anyway, sold out, sold out. So again, don't let nobody try to convince you that sis is irrelevant and that she just, just she should just go off somewhere and fade away because it's not going to happen. And again, by the time most of you hear this, Megan the Duchess will be officially back from maternity leave. Sis, yes. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. You know, I, I don't know. I might not even go to sleep tonight because I'm in America and things, you know, by the time I wake up, things have already happened. No, I want to see. I want to see it as it unfolds, girl. Just thank goodness the Beyonce meeting didn't happen early in the morning. But either way, I'm going to be up super late or super early tonight and tomorrow. So, but I just want to talk about Megan's maternity leave super briefly. And I, you know, now that it's coming to a close, I just want to reflect on it and discuss some of the things that we have learned, not just Megan and Harry supporters, but anybody who's paying attention to the news and to how the British news media, or I should say tabloid media is treating Megan and how she's been carrying herself throughout 
these three or four months, real five months at this point that she hasn't been officially on work duties. I mean, I just started to think about some things and it makes me even more amazed by her. And it really highlights her character in a really beautiful way. So let me just talk about a couple of things that I can say that I've learned. But for the most part, I think y'all have probably learned too, just based on the conversations that I've had. But on Megan's maternity leave, we learned that Megan worked this whole entire time because she's a hard worker and she probably doesn't know very much else besides that. But what did we get like throughout the maternity leave? She was not she was not officially working, right? The queen wasn't expecting her to work. We got a Vogue editorship. And by by the way, again, let me just say, I don't know if I did this on the podcast. Thank you very, very, very much to the person who sent me a Vogue from London. Uh, we were talking on Twitter, but I just want to Thank you so much. It's nothing like having it in your hand. So I wanted to just say that on the podcast because I don't know if I did up until this point. But yeah. So yeah, we got that. We have the SmartWorks capsule collection, which we learned about through the Vogue issue. We have more highlights for causes that are important to Sussex Royal via their Instagram. We have appearances throughout her maternity leave and while they're not official appearances they're apparent they're like legit deliberate appearances which we didn't have to get she didn't have to give that you know Megan did not hide herself or her post baby body we love a feminist princess so we also got Beyonce I mentioned her earlier but we got that god no this that was a blessing <laughs> That was a blessing. I think I had to take a nap after that. But we got more than we could have ever hoped for, in other words, throughout her maternity leave. And nobody would have been mad if we did, if she just disappeared and we never saw her again until she came back. So Sis gave us a lot. We also learned that Megan, she feeds so many people. Just her name alone. The media loves to say her name. Say her name, say her name. Even if they're making up lies about her, lies about letterboxes and town meetings, girl, Megan's name alone is the only thing required in a lot of these headlines. Nothing else has to be true. Just put her name in there and um, hope that the clicks roll in, right? But like they need her name in these headlines like they need oxygen. That's why the longer this maternity leave came on, oh, I'm sorry, the longer the maternity leave went on, the more laughable it became to me. Not that I don't take the danger of it seriously, but I see it for what it is. You know, she's no, more often than not, she was nowhere in sight. But here she is. Her name is all over these websites, these Twitter feeds of people who have no business with her name in their mouth. So that shows you that you got, all these non-pregnant folks, these non-new mom folks out here in this royal family, you don't even want to write about them. It's because Megan is the only one who feeds y'all. So I learned that. I saw it demonstrated 
throughout the whole maternity leave. And now that she's coming back, they actually have something to write about. Yeah, they're still going to lie. They're still going to make up stuff. They're still going to mischaracterize. But at least she's out here working. And they can, we can see what they're pointing to. When she was on maternity leave, there was nothing to point to. They were talking about stories from, you know, even before they even got married. They were talking about things that weren't substantiated. No sources were named. They're never going to be named. But again, they've positioned themselves to almost have to talk about her, probably to get any traffic on their websites. So, I mean, maybe just be better journalists, you know. But I definitely learned that. Um... We learned that because the media abuse is centered on Megan only, that people of all kinds are super loud about how tired of that they are. In the beginning, you know, people were a little bit like, oh, man, that's messed up. But now people are like, girl, what is you doing? Why won't you leave this girl alone? She ain't done nothing to you. Like big names. Big, big names. (laughs) I would kill to hear Elton John utter that phrase. Uh, That would be great. Or Ellen, either one. But people are fed up. I've seen it. Cynthia Erivo. She's going to be playing Harriet Tubman in November. Uh, Talk about it. Pink came out the same day as Ellen. Matt Haig, whose poem was featured, wasn't a poem. Sorry, Matt Haig. Uh, His his piece, um, the one about the beach, was in vogue. He's spoken about it and quite regularly, actually, since the Vogue issue. Um, and so many other people. And more recently, so many people spoke about the Australian 60 Minutes piece and how stupid that was and how racist and unnecessary it was. I swear, man, whenever people see Leatherface Linda running her mouth, instant laughter breaks out all over the internet because to me, Nothing she says makes sense to anyone besides herself. And, of course, the other bigots that she entertains. But it's why that 60 Minutes doc was so absurd in the first place. So much for branding, 60 Minutes. Like, I don't know if that's a branch of the actual 60 Minutes. You know, I don't know what the hell they're doing in Australia But over here, we do journalism, and our 60 Minutes is not like that at all. So maybe y'all can tell me. But um, we actually try to do journalism over here, more or less. You know, that's hit or miss, too, but it ain't that bad, okay? But um, I know a lot of you guys were asking. I didn't talk about the 60 Minutes documentary on the podcast or my YouTube channel because it's just really not worth my time. Because it was so absurd. And anyone who participated in the documentary itself, they're scum in my book. And I I just wouldn't want to talk about them. So, um, yeah, I definitely don't want to waste your time or anyone else's time with that. Like, I'd rather talk about the trash junk juice at the bottom of a dumpster. To give you a comparison. So that's why I didn't talk about 60 Minutes. And so I just realized halfway or probably more than halfway through this podcast that my mic is tapping my button on my jacket because I record this in a closet. Keep it in the closet. Mm, 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 mm. So, um, yeah, sorry about that. I'm not about to re-record this podcast, girl. So you might want to skip it. I know it's probably going to be annoying after like the first 
25 taps but it's just kind of tapping tapping this button on there so sorry about that um but I will try to keep my hand away from my jacket because that's that's actually what caused it but um <laughs> that gives you that gives you uh, a little bit a little bit of imagery for um how how this gets to your ears every week what else did we learned we learned that Megan sells out clothes all the time I mean we kind of knew that but to see her do it in her maternity leave it's like another level so let me just recount for you some of the things that we know she sold out she sold out the the Hugo Boss skirt that she wore at Wimbledon that beautiful pleated skirt that black Jason Wu Lion King dress you know the Beyonce Lion King dress uh she sold out the earrings she wore along with it if I'm not mistaken y'all let me know the J Crew dress at the U.S. Open she sold out Archie's blanket from the polo match so um I'm pretty sure I'm leaving a lot of things off like I said the sunglasses but that's just on maternity leave so it's just literally is out here living her life and things are still selling like hotcakes. We learned that there are many, many causes that Sussex Royal or Harry and Meghan care about. And they took time to highlight those on their Instagram, including two of my faves, Positive Change and Waves for Change, which I learned about. Waves for Change I learned about through Sussex Royal and just learning more about them through Sussex Royal following them. But I highlighted those two on this podcast. I think Sussex Royal will continue to break new ground on the social media front. And uh, especially regarding how they announce their initiatives. You know, I see a difference between Sussex Royal and Kensington Royal. Just because those two are the, the comparisons that I, I, those are the only two that I have to compare to one another for what they do and what they want to do um, in the world if you will. But the difference between those two things, those two accounts, if you will, to me, is that A, people want to know what's happening at Sussex Royal. And B, they post regularly and they post with a purpose, you know. And one of the things that I do like is, and this is not shade, okay. But it seems like Kensington Royal got a little bit cleaner once Sussex Royal began to establish what it would look like as an Instagram page because there's a, there's a theme. So if you look at where Megan was introduced on Kensington Royal, rather Sussex Royal was introduced on Kensington Royal, their pictures changed. There's like a dividing line without there being a clear dividing line where they're just posting pictures of who did what on what day with their regular captions but now there seems to be a continuity, you know, it seems to be a theme to where they're posting pictures that have like a certain way of looking and that looks similar to the picture before and their captions are much more detailed and that only happened once Sussex Royal was in the mix. And so I think the two of those together, I think it's a good look for the Royal family, regardless of what you feel about those ones but but um it's 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 an obvious change and it's a change that happened literally overnight but consistency can be found at the Sussex Royal because I think from what it 
from what I can tell, even if I was just a lay person, they seem much more attached to their causes, much more attached to the things that they hope to do and they want to do. Um, and so they talk about it more and they, and, and they try to quote unquote, stay on brand more often than not. And I think it was important for Megan, just looking at the maternity leave in hindsight, I think it was very important for her to stay in touch if through nothing other than, if through nothing but uh, Sussex Royal, it was important for her to continue the conversation, if you will, even though she's not literally in sight maybe for a week or two at a time she's still able to communicate what she wants her supporters and she knows we're out here what she wants her supporters and people who are interested in their causes to keep in mind going forward because there will be a time where she returns from maternity leave and here we are and again it's the consistency like we never have to go more than a few days without an update or a post from Sussex Royal letting us know what they're doing, what they're planning, what they've done. And so I think, again, if people are going to copy anything that Harry and Meghan copy, it should be that. It should be something like that. And Sussex Royal kept us fed through this maternity leave. So basically, we've learned so much about them, Harry and Meghan, about how they operate, you know, and we also learned a little bit more about who they are as people and the standards they have. Um, the standards they live by, the standards they work by. And we only know of them what they share. And I would never presume to actually know them. But I like what they've shared so far. And it's right in line with what I've already thought about them. So to me, that's important. They work hard. They plan ahead. They're showing that their relationships matter to them. They're showing they like the privacy because they deserve their privacy. We know they work in silence as evidence by the meetings with Ellen. You know, Ellen's probably free to talk about it now, but nobody knew it happened until Ellen was like, shut the fuck up about the private plane, will you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But nobody knew that happened. So they like silence, which is kind of how you should do it. Uh, and also Michelle Obama in the Vogue, um, Vogue issue. There was a meeting that had to take place for that to be um and we also learned that they're not easily rattled they just keep moving and why probably because they're on a mission to do so many things and I just have to say congratulations that's not easy to do and I've mentioned this before the easy thing would to would be to play nice with the media, which is what they're trying to bully Harry and Meghan into doing. Harry and Meghan, they're not trying to not play nice with the media, but they just have certain standards for themselves and the media is used to people playing nice with them. Otherwise, they're just going to trash you. Well, guess what, girl? They're basically immune to that now. And they're continuing to live their best lives. So Harry and Megan, since I know y'all subscribe to my, my playlist on Spotify, I'm going to go ahead and put a song on there called Smile by Lil Duval. And I know that's probably one of Harry's favorite songs, or rather Don Trell. I know that's one of your favorite songs. But just in case you haven't heard it, I went ahead and put it on the playlist for y'all. And, you know, it's the one that goes, I'm living my best life. Ain't going back and forth with you. And for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to say haters. So 
since y'all are really out here just living the words of that song, why don't y'all just put that on on a Saturday morning, dance around the house in your undies, and just laugh? Because that's what I do, you know? Because y'all deserve it. We're proud of y'all. Y'all have really shown us who you are, and we really like what we see. And finishing up here, we have the capsule collection, which I couldn't end the podcast without talking about. That is where I sit now. It's Wednesday. That's coming up tomorrow. By the time you hear this, it will be out or at least debut, you know. So again, we're all really looking forward to it. I don't have any deets that you don't have any details but if you're coming to this later, say this is Saturday and you're hearing this podcast, I'll try to have as much information about the capsule collection in the description, as well as the description on the accompanying uh, YouTube video for this episode. So capsule collection, things to look out for. It's definitely going to be workwear. We've already been told this and it makes sense because it's smart works. But um, by the way, I did a YouTube video on Megan's style staples, some of the things that I've noticed that she has a lot of uh, and that she wears a lot of what I what I deem to be style staples, just things you can rely on that, you know, you can just put on, put together and it always looks great when you go out. So speaking of that, have you noticed that Megan's fashion choices are so versatile and they are appropriate for women of just about any age, well, really any age, from 20s all the way up until 60s, 70s, 80s. You're just out here living your life. Okay, you could literally put on just about any outfit that Megan wears and look good and be of any size. So I think that's, again, that's why her fashion and her style is such a big hit with so many people. But um, everything she wears is just so effortless and classic and, you know, just the choices and the pairing. So I'm not sure if y'all realize how special Megan Chantrell Mountbatten Windsor is. Um, <laughs> for those of you who are lost, that's um, I sometimes call Megan Chantrell just to myself, you know, because I, I love that name. But I've never met a white woman named Chantrell, but I know a lot of black Chantrells. Um or some variation of it. <laughs> and Megan's basically black to me. I've said this before. Yes, her dad's white. I get it. I get it. But um, the media treats her like she's straight out of Compton, remember? So for me, it's just kind of like, yeah, Megan's my girl. Chantrell, girl, what's up? What's good? So that's kind of <laughs> where that comes from. And I sort of feel the same way about Harry. Even though Harry is as white as he can be. But... Harry went to Jamaica. And can I just say my bro, he blended in, okay? So, you know, I know that's like a, a touchy thing for some people. But, girl, Harry, he, whatever little cookout, he's invited to the cookout. By the way, they're going to a cookout in Africa because that's on the itinerary. So, I'm going to talk about that in just a hot second. But, yeah, so for me, they're Chantrell, Dontrell. So, whenever you hear me say one or the other, that's kind of who I'm talking about. I know her name is Rachel Megan. Y'all don't have to tell me. Y'all know it's going to be somebody up in them comments telling me, well, you know, that's not really her name. Child, I know. <laughs> so I just want to <laughs> explain that in case somebody gets the urge to do that. But I'm, when I know, I know you're coming from a good place. But um, I'm just goofy like that. It is what it is. So, yeah, that's those are my people. And um, 
as for the capsule collection okay here's what i'm looking for um remember again it's workwear so not as much casual but lots of button downs whether they be shirt dresses i honestly wouldn't expect to see so many of those but um definitely button down shirts in various fabrics professional patterns of course blazers on top of blazers on top of blazers i would love to see because blazers you can do a lot with you really can and not all blazers are boxy so if you just google Meghan markle blazers or duchess of sussex blazers you'll see so many different variations of blazers and they always they always look professional so i expect to see a lot of those um also megan herself she loves a good trouser trousers are usually very very professional and trousers always work because they're work appropriate but a lot of the trousers that i see nowadays they have very interesting shapes very modern but it's still very professional so i'm gonna have my eye out for those and of course megan loves a good midi skirt sis has a lot of those um so i'd be curious actually to see if the capsule collection has any accessories included i mean i could see a few here or there but i'm okay if there there aren't any um but we know accessories definitely make or break an outfit sometimes but either way the capsule collection it's just gonna be great and i hope to see a lot of big names megan's friends blue checks verifieds all these types of people who support megan when the bad is happening i want them to support her when the good is happening and um i'd love to retweet them too so i know a lot of the details have been kept close to the vest to the chest to the breast but um if we do get a fashion show i think i might do some cartwheels because that would that would be lit and i think it i think it would you know i think it would give a pretty big f you to all the people who are just going to criticize her anyway they already call her a celebrity and they always already tell her to do less so i think a fashion show would just be doing the most and i would love that so uh yeah cartwheels for megan tm i would happily <laughs> do one or two just if uh you know if we got a fashion show but we already saw the photo shoot on the instagram story so i mean just a little five minute fashion show i i, I mean i live for that Speaking of fashion shows, did y'all see Serena getting her mogul on at New York Fashion Week this week? Talk about bouncing back. Yes. And actually, it was her first independent fashion show because she's had the line for a while. She's always had different things that she's promoted with attire really over the last, oh, I want to say maybe 10 years but this is her Serena line and this is her first independent fashion show where she's not supported by a larger corporation and man I like that I like that I mean yeah the loss was a letdown and I'm you know I'm a major Serena fan but she doesn't have to win another tennis match she already won like she has won she's won and I like to see her not putting 100% oh because you can't because she's a mother and a wife but you can't put 
100% of your life focused on reaching number 24. You ain't got nothing to prove to nobody. But I, I, I like her clothes too because she tends to try to make clothes that fit various body types because if you follow Serena long enough, you know that people in the white tennis world, they gave her shit about her body. They tried to make her think, and by the way, she's primarily muscle. Okay, especially earlier on, but they tried to make her almost feel ashamed for having a butt and having boobs and having thighs and having muscular arms and things like that and having big calves or whatever. Um, no, I, I, I stand her for so many reasons <laughs> that I, I would just won't even go into. But um, yeah, so she's always sort of been a body positive uh, individual, if you will. I know that phrase doesn't make sense, but let's just go with it. But a lot of her clothes she tries to make that people of all sizes can buy and still feel good in, look good in, be confident in. So congrats to Serena, our girl, uh, on her fashion show. And I look forward to seeing more that she's going to do with all of her different brands because one day she's going to retire from tennis. And the worst thing I think a person can do is retire from this stellar career because they have to, because you're going to keep getting older and then have absolutely nothing to, you know, keep them motivated and inspired and passionate about. So Serena's had that figured out for a while, her and Venus actually. But uh, yeah, so the Africa tour is almost upon us. And I will definitely talk more about that in more detail in the coming weeks. But as I said, the official itinerary has been released. And if you haven't seen that, please go check it out. If you want to know those details, again, I won't go into it now, but um, it is very detailed now. So if you want to know everything about the tour, it's pretty much in there from day to day, from day to day, what they're doing. So um, from what I gather, Megan is staying in South Africa for the majority, if not the entire tour with Archie. Um, but she will be doing a lot of engagement centered around women's empowerment, girls' education, girls' safety. Um, and I know that they will be going to, I believe it's a barbecue or gatherings, like a community gathering. But I'm calling it a, a cookout. Because <laughs> it's basically the same thing, right? But um, that will be lit. I, 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 I'm going to be looking forward to that. And that's earlier on in the tour. Uh, and then Harry will go off to Angola, go to Botswana. Some of his engagements will be working engagements, <laughs> again, which I love. Work, work, work. Yes. Um, and Megan's going to be hanging out in South Africa. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have for today. Find the girl on iTunes. iTunes is great if you have an iPhone. And you just want to listen on the go. So if you're ever over there, please leave the podcast a rating or review. I would really appreciate that. Thank you to all 109 of you who have left reviews. That's really sweet. Even the one-star reviews, girl. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love my haters. Um, I know that many in the squad, you do prefer YouTube. There's an option for you on that as well. Um, but also the podcast is on all the other, I would say most of the other major platforms as well. I'm not on SoundCloud anymore because do people even still listen to SoundCloud? 
But anyway, catch me on Twitter, catch me on Instagram, say hi. And thanks as always for tuning in. You don't have to give any of your time. So I always appreciate when you do, for those of you who have listened week to week, Uh, And I really thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I hope I provide some kind of value, even if it's just a laugh on a rough day, girl. But um, I already told you this, but you're the absolute best, yo. You the best in my DJ Khaled voice. And so in anything, I just always encourage you and anybody else, actually, just to keep moving forward. And if you fall, like Les Brown say, fall on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up. That is one of my all-time favorite quotes. And just like that, boom, you're resilient. So until next time, peace. I'm a bad bitch, but I kill me. Kill me.